Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History puddle. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate Week 16 Pick'em Pod. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined by my brother out in Chicago, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, only two more weeks. It's sad. Regular season's coming to an end. Playoff football's upon us. So definitely sad we only have about five, six weeks left of football. Yeah, and no Thursday night football this week. We officially start Saturday football. Um, So we actually have a slate of three really solid games on Saturday. Always a bit of an adjustment, but uh, before we get started, Tyler, I was wondering if you're going to Thank me for recording the show tonight during a, uh, a snow squall here here in, on the East Coast. I don't even think that's a real thing. Did you did you see the video I tweeted out? I did, but I don't. I, don't, I already. What is it? Snow squall. Snow squall. It's unbelievable. Just how much more cultured we are over here on the East Coast compared to sh- people who live in Chicago. Yes, yeah, snow squall. Um, so I got an alert. I think the entire eastern seaboard did, aka tri-state area here, got an alert basically saying uh, snow squall till 5.15 at work. The office was a buzz. Um, and I Googled it. It's essentially a blizzard in a shorter time frame that's extremely windy. Kind of look like day after tomorrow, but you know what? I'm here. We're recording Wednesday evening, so I was hoping to get a, uh, a thank you out of you. 
I really couldn't care less. Okay, good. Um, so Tyler, we're through 15 weeks here. Let's get into some high level trends before we hop into uh, the full pod. But road teams absolutely dominating 124, 94, and six against the spread. Underdogs also eating 118, 106 against the spread. And you know what, Tyler? Even road favorites this year, the road teams are eating. Even road favorites are above 500. Road favorites are 44, 38, and 1 this year. Road dogs, 80, 56, and 5 this year. So road teams, they, they're on fire. It's a weird year. I knew I was on to something last year with the road favorites just a year too early. So some would say I'm a trailblazer. But definitely some wild trends there. Road teams doing great. Makes you question if home field advantage really matters. I still think it does come playoff time, especially... You know, looking at the 49ers differentiating between getting the one seed and the five seed, that extra playoff game, as we've seen, I think the Super Bowl champion since um, the Giants in 2007 or 2011, maybe the last seven or eight Super Bowl champions have all had that by. So I still think it matters, but nonetheless, still a crazy trend. And before we get more into the gambling, quick shout out. It's Booger's birthday. Turned 42 today. So happy birthday to Booger. Happy birthday to Booger. Uh, we're we're ahead. We got a little ahead of our skis last year. All about the Booger Mobile. That's really where he peaked this year in the booth. Not as much, but again, it's his birthday. We have to be nice to him. Um, but we do actually have a special guest this week on the pod. We have Adam Patrick joining us. He does uh, the Bleeding Purple podcast. Through the Blue Wire family, um, Vikings podcast. He's also co-editor of a Vikings blog called The Viking Age. So a great interview with Adam. Stick around for that. And we're basically breaking down their big Monday night football game versus the Packers. And if he's also a Kirk Cousins fan, so Tyler, I have some uh, company. But I guess spoiler alert. First game we want to get to, though. The Bills go into New England and take on the Pats in Foxborough. Patriots minus six and a half point home favorites over under in this one is a measly 37. First matchup in week four, the Bills lost 16 to 10 at home. They did cover that one. Remember, Josh Allen got hurt. That game ended with Matt Barkley. Tyler, we jumped off the Bills bandwagon last week versus um, the Steelers. Josh Allen, impressive road victory there. Are you are you circling the wagons, or uh, you think the Pats get their mojo back and kind of build off that win last week versus the Bengals? I don't just like the Bills this week. I love them at plus six and a half. I think they cover this game easily. And oh. also, I don't know if you could hear it into the microphone, doing a little sprinkle. I'd sprinkle a little bit on their money line. I think it's around plus 230 right now. I legitimately think the Bills can win this game outright in New England. I know that's a crazy thing to say. Their first matchup was close, 16-10 to 10 in Buffalo, and that's a game where the Patriots had a touchdown on a block punt. The Bills turned it over four times. Josh Allen got knocked out of that game, and the Bills still had the ball in New England territory at the end of the game with a chance to tie and kick an extra point to win the game. So... I love the Bills. I think they've only grown since that game. Josh Allen didn't play great last week, but games like that 
on the road versus a really good Pittsburgh defense only continues to grow confidence. I think he's going to play a lot better in this game than he did that <clears throat> week four matchup versus the Patriots. So I love the Bills plus six and a half. They're six and one straight up on the road this year. Six oh and one against the spread. They're also the best team in the NFL against the spread overall. Nine four nine four and one. And as an underdog, they're five one and one against the spread. So I love Buffalo this week. I think they cover and have a good chance to win. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement. I I like the Bills this week. I'm not quite as bullish on the money line, but what I am bullish on is the under. I love the under. I know it's low, 37, but I just have a hard time imagining either of these teams getting to 20 points, which is kind of crazy saying in an NFL game, but I think this game is going to look very similar to the first matchup and even what we saw on Sunday Night Football between the Steelers and the Bills. Yes, Tom Brady's a lot better than Duck Hodges, but I think this Bills defense is probably the most underrated unit in football this year. They've been incredible, and until Sunday Night Football, I feel like I hadn't really gotten the love they deserve. Um, so I think they're going to be able to hold this Pats offense in check, similar to what we've seen from other good teams. I, I still, even though the Patriots pulled away in that Bengals game, they added to pick six. And again, it was versus the Bengals, who are the worst team in the NFL. I don't have any faith in them. Um, so I think six and a half is too much love for the Patriots and not enough for the Bills. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of the under in this one. I like a little Bills under parlay maybe bills under teaser um so we're in agreement we're both circling the wagons definitely something to look at uh, as far as the total goes there and you know the patriots they won 34 to 13 last week versus the Bengals, but it's misleading they didn't play that great offensively the defense is still outstanding but that's versus andy dalton and the Bengals. um what's his name stefan gilmore had a pick six you know you're not. I don't think you're going to get those type of opportunities versus the Bills. Josh Allen does make his mistakes, but I, I think my, that's what I'm most wary of. Honestly, with I've already locked in the under. That's what I'm most wary about. Maybe, but I, I think he is going to play a lot better. One, maybe two, maybe two touchdowns. Okay. Maybe. I think he's going to play better than he did in the week four game. And just watching the Patriots last week offensively still doesn't inspire any faith in them. Brady threw for 128 yards. He's 15 and 29. If you can't light up the Bengals, I don't know what defense you're going to light up. Bill's defense is very underrated. It might be the best in the NFL, honestly. They only had one pro bowler, I think, which is pretty disrespectful. That's been a pretty awesome unit all year. So we're both on the Bills. And I'm more, I guess, bullish on the money line. I think it's a game they could win. And for the Patriots, even if they lose, they still um, control their destiny to win the division. So maybe mm-hmm. they don't come in as motivated. I don't know. But let's move on to the next game you want to talk about. One, one quick note, sorry. On the under, it's hit the last three matchups these two teams have played. So something to keep in mind. Mm, something to keep in mind. Next game talk about saints at titans titans are three point dogs over under 50 and a half saints come off a really impressive win on monday night you know versus a Colts team that is sputtering but i mean i think we both thought the colts would give them a game saints blew them out <laughs> breeze uh set the new passing touchdown record which brady could break you know this week probably unlikely but he's a new passing touchdown leader i think he's going to continue to expand on that lead cody where are you leaning in this one 
Yeah, I uh, I definitely thought the Colts would give them a game. I put out my Colts team total over bet into the Twitter sphere that I never took off. So that was tough for me. But yeah, this Titans team's coming off a brutal loss uh, versus the Texans, and now they kind of need some help um, from the Bucks. And obviously, they do play the Texans last week of the season, but they're still in the mix for that uh, that second uh, wild card spot in the AFC. Um, but I think they are facing a Saints team right now that's really rolling. Um, they're 12-2 and two straight up, 11-3 and three against the spread. Their last 14 road games, like you said, Drew Brees' numbers on Monday Night Football were absurd, granted, at home in the Dome. Um, but I... I, I like this Saints team. I think they they really want one of those top two seeds in the NFC, um, and I think they're going to take care of business on the road. Um, Ryan Tannehill has been great. We've spoken about it on the pod last week. They didn't cover, but he's still 6-2 and two straight up and against the spread as their starter. I think the Saints' defense is... They had obviously a tough time versus the Niners, but this season they've been pretty pretty rock solid. They shut out this Colts team that got back T.Y. Hilton. They had a healthy Marlon Mack, and that team never they never got going. Um, so I think they'll be able to contain Derrick Henry enough um, to cover the spread. I was kind of surprised. The line opened at minus one and a half for the Saints, which feels pretty disrespectful to them, um, a team that's top five team in the NFL. Um, so I like them, even at the three number, to go into Nashville and cover. But I'm... I may bet a little bit on this game, but I'm still wary of fading this Titans team. It's just too much weird stuff happens. Definitely. And last week I was on the Titans, Texans won. I'm going back against the Titans this week. I agree with you. I like the Saints minus three. Their defense on Monday night was super impressive to come off that game versus the 49ers where they got torn up. Marcus Davenport and Sheldon rankings, two really important pieces on their defense both out for the year and a play like that versus the Colts I thought was really impressive. So I think they're going to cause a little havoc for the Titans. Saints have the fourth best rush defense in the NFL over the last three games. They have the most sacks. So I think their defense will cause a little havoc for Tannehill. Um, Right when I'm starting to go against the Titans, I'm sure he's going to play great, but I like the Saints. They're still playing for a bye because right now they're the three seed, so they need to keep winning. Um, they need the Vikings to beat the Packers on Monday night, but they're, they're still motivated to get a bye. Um, I think that's obviously a huge advantage. And a little tidbit, Saints mm. are 10-2 and two straight up, 9-3. and Their last 12 as road favorites, so it's a spot they do well in. So I like the Saints. I think their defense is going to play well in this game, and offensively I think they'll make a few more plays than the Titans. Right, and one thing we've learned from the trends I gave out earlier, road favorites this year over 500, so just just something to remember uh, as you're betting the last couple weeks of the season. So we're in agreement again here. Always, always interesting when that happens. But third game we want to get to before we hop to the interview with Adam, uh, the matchup for the NFC East. We've kind of been waiting for this for a few weeks now, had this circled. Both teams have taken care of business, so this... This divisional matchup actually does mean a lot. Basically, division's online here. The Dallas Cowboys going into Philly to take on the Eagles. Eagles are two and a half point home dogs over under 47 and a half, or sorry, 46 or 46. Apologies. Um, 
Cowboys have been rock solid their last seven trips to Philly. They're six and one against the spread. Last week they just absolutely dismantled the Rams. They won 44-21. It wasn't even that close. They snapped their three-game losing streak. Jason Garrett, you can say his job's online uh, starting this week. And the Eagles on the other side of the coin, they've kind of taken care of business the last couple weeks versus subpar NFC's teams, the Giants and Redskins, but kind of had to pull it out, and they're incredibly banged up. Tyler, I really love the Cowboys in this matchup. I think the Eagles are just... They have so many injuries, and I think I think they're just done. Um, is that is that a crazy take? It's not crazy because I like the Cowboys also. <clears throat> Since 2017, this is a pretty wild stat. The Cowboys are 14 and two straight up and against the spread in division games. So they've really owned the NFC East the last few years. They beat the Eagles earlier in the season in uh, Dallas, and I think they're going to win this game. There is some question around Dak Prescott. He hurt his shoulder. Um, in the game Sunday versus the Rams, but the Eagles are so banged up, and I frankly don't think the Eagles are very good. Um, their last three games, they've played Miami, they lost, and then they barely beat the Giants and the Redskins, so why would we think they're going to play well in this game? They really haven't shown us a ton. You know, Carson Wentz, you can look at his last three games, eight touchdowns and one pick, but again, look at the competition they're playing, those injuries they have with Alshon, Deshaun Jackson, Nelson Aguilar might play, but I don't even think it matters. He's not very good. I think the Cowboys are a step up from those previous teams. So I like Dallas. I think Dallas has been the best team in the NFC East all year. That doesn't say a lot because this division is terrible. But I, I like Dallas. I just think they're the better team. I think Zeke will have a nice game. And I just think the Eagles stink. They're 4-11 and against the spread their last 15 games as home dogs. And also, just overall, their last 13 home games, 7-6 and six straight up, 4-9 against the spread, 2-5 and five against the spread at home this year. They're just not a great team at home. That's not a huge home field advantage like it might have been in the past. feels like we have this NFC East matchup like every year where mm-hmm. the winner wins the division. So I like the Cowboys. They win. They clinch. Um, Jason Garrett saves his job for now. All's well in Jerry World. So I like the Cowboys as home uh, as away favorites. Yeah, the, the Eagles have been terrible this year, straight up. And against the spread, I mean, they're 500, but they're 5-9 and nine against the spread this year. It seems like time after time they kind of let you down when you bet on them, been burned a couple times this season, and I'm ready to write them off. And the Cowboys, they are banged up defensively, but I, I think they're just going to rely on this run game. As long as Dak is healthy enough, <clears throat> which seems like it, he is. I saw a kind of crazy sad he missed practice for the first time. Uh, in his career, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm so done with this Eagles team. Carson Wentz, all of them. The offensive weapons are rolling out Greg Ward right now, who's like essentially a practice squad player. He's put together a nice few weeks here, but I'm, I'm riding with the Cowboys. I like them at two and a half. I think that's essentially nothing. Um, so I'm, I'm taking the boys, and we get to see Jason Garrett for a few more weeks, which I, ho- I hope is the case. It just, it's more fun to have the Cowboys in the mix than the Eagles. I'm, I'm done with them. Definitely, and if you just think about it. 
it's crazy. Dak Prescott has played in bigger games in his career than Carson Wentz, and it feels like Carson Wentz has probably been the more hyped-up quarterback, and most people would say he's better. But think about it. Prescott made the playoffs as a rookie. They played that game versus the Packers. They play, They won a playoff game last year, lost to the Rams. Like He's played in bigger games. I heard Sal Pal and ESPN say earlier this was the biggest game of Carson Wentz's career, and I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, he's right, because he's missed both of their playoff runs over the last two years. So this is the biggest game he's played in. So let's see if he steps up. You know, they got rid of Foles, slightly controversial. So let's see why they kept him. They gave him a contract extension despite the injury risk. So huge game for Wentz. And I mentioned his stats over the last three games. The last three games, they're, the quarterbacks they've played, Fitzpatrick, Eli, and Dwayne Haskins have also thrown for eight touchdowns, one pick averaging 266 passing yards per game. So their pass defense is getting torched by these, you know, subpar below average quarterbacks. If that even with a banged up Dak, I think he's going to have pretty good success. They'll lean on the run game. So it's a little nerve wracking how easy the Cowboys feel in this spot. But I think the Eagles have been vastly overrated. Yep. So we're in agreement. Cowboys roll. Um, So we're going to take a quick break here and then we're going to get to our interview with Adam. And on the other side, we will give out our locks of the week. Okay, and Tyler and I are excited to welcome on Adam Patrick, co-host of Bleeding Purple, a Vikings podcast, member of the Blue Wire podcast family. He's also co-editor, co-editor of the Viking Age. Adam, thank you for joining us tonight. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Happy to be here. Yes, thank you. And before we really get started, talk about the Vikings. I have to ask you, so your Twitter handle your Twitter handle is straight cash homie. Is that in homage to Randy Moss or is that because you're on a gambling podcast and the winners you're about to give out? Oh yeah, that's I definitely switched it right before um we recorded. Thank um, you. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh it's definitely yeah, an homage to Randy Moss. Uh he's my favorite player. He's the reason why I like the Vikings. Um, there's just, uh, there's never been a player like him and, uh, I'll always enjoy, I even enjoy watching him on, on ESPN now. He's just a, a great personality and he was amazing to watch out on the field. Yeah. He started the, you got Moss segment. So yeah. we're all thankful yeah. for that. Um, so like Cody said, you do the bleeding purple podcast on blue wire. Why don't you give us a little background, how you got started on that? Uh, you do with your co-host Tyler Hag, so just give us a little background on that. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been doing it together for I think almost almost two years now. Um, it started because Tyler was doing like his own thing. That was that was his own podcast, and then he had had me on as a guest, and we really clicked. Uh, we had good chemistry, and uh, I messaged him afterwards, and I was like, Hey, do you wanna you know do you wanna do this together? And he had like the same thoughts, so we've been doing it. Um, ever since then, it's pretty fun. We do it, um, try and do it twice a week during the season, um, or at least once a week during the off season. Um, you can find, you know, it on where all the other blue wire podcasts are on, you know, Apple podcasts and Spotify and, and all that other stuff. And then on, on Twitter, we're at bleeding podcast. So you can follow us there. Um, but yeah, it's fun. We get to talk about the Vikings every week, react, you know, give, give our hot takes and, and you guys, you guys know you got a podcast. It's just, it's just fun uh, to talk about, you know, sports in general. It definitely is. And I think a core source of hot takes around this Minnesota Vikings team, definitely the last two years has been Kirk Cousins Who? And, and 
<laughs> yeah. And uh, we we on on full slate. Tyler and I go back and forth. Kirk Cousins was like public enemy number one for Tyler last year. Burned him a couple of prime time spots. For me to start the season, I was like kind of like the Vikings as a future to win the NFC North. Um, so I found myself defending Kirk Cousins all year here on the podcast. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on him because the numbers are pretty damn good this year. Yeah, his numbers. Um, career-wise, even before the Vikings, have always been good, which is why he got all that money from the Vikings in the first place. And then, yeah, last year it kind of, um, you know, expectations were very high for the Vikings. They were, you know, pretty much Super Bowl or bust because um, they went to the NFC Championship before and they had pretty much the entire team returning and they got Kirk Cousins and Sheldon Richardson. Um, but the offensive coordinator they had, John D. Filippo, just didn't seem to you know, click with, with Kirk Cousins. He, he more, you know, put the offense on his, his shoulders um, and didn't, you know, have any sort of running game. And, and that's, that's not what, what Kirk Cousins is good at. He's, he's good at play action, you know, having a good running game behind him, um, you know, having throws kind of completions kind of made for him, quick throws. He's not a guy who's, who's really good at just sitting in the pocket and, and, deciding where to throw the ball because if he has too much time then he he starts thinking too much and throws crazy uh interceptions that you don't like to see but this year he's been he's been very good in the in their offense you know they got kevin stefanski running things now with, with gary kubiak helping on the side and he's brought that you know vintage uh, shanahan kubiak offense that they used to run a lot with the broncos and, and texans and it's really suited Kirk cousin's strengths um very well uh, didn't look too hot in the beginning of the season, those first four games. But then, you know, you remember Thielen and, and Diggs kind of spoke up like, you know, hey, we shouldn't be running the ball 70 times a game. Um, you, know, you know, you pay us pay us a lot, so start throwing us the ball. And they start doing that. And Kirk's been probably having the best uh, season of his career. And uh, unfortunately, he's not in the Pro Bowl, though. So. Yeah, I saw you on Twitter uh, <laughs> commenting on that. It was pretty shocking. I mean, Breeze made it. He yeah. played well on Monday night, but he has missed five games. Yeah. So it's, you know, popularity contest. I want to go back. Oh, you yeah. mentioned the slow start at the beginning of the year. I'm located in Chicago, so I have a lot of Bears fans, and they won that game uh, versus the Vikings week four, 16 to 6. The Bears were my lock of the week that week, actually. So another time I. Uh, cashed in betting against Cousins but like you said after that week there were rumors that Diggs wanted out Thielen was calling out the play calling Kirk Cousins had to apologize on the radio about it like what do you credit the turnaround since then because they've been playing well Cousins has been playing well it seems like all that drama that was about to boil over early in the season has really gone away well they just have a really good um a good locker room a lot of the guys on their team have been there for you know four or five years so you know they they know what works with each other they they got good relationships in there you know and, and and with a guy like Diggs you know he's he's got a lot of passion you can see it on the sidelines sometimes if they're if they're losing you know he's he's it looks like he's shouting at guys on the sideline but he's just trying to motivate them and you know you know get them to step up and and it usually works so the locker room has a lot to do with that um Zimmer you know i think he wanted a run first kind of offense to begin the year and then i think maybe some of uh, maybe stefanski or kubiak might have stepped in been like hey you know we, we can run the ball more but we, we can't keep doing it this way because 
Um, I think in that Chicago game, the Bears just they shut down Dalvin Cook, and then the Vikings offense just didn't really know what to do um, after that, which is kind of surprising when you have somebody like Diggs or and Thielen in your offense. You're like, oh, you should probably just throw the, them the ball. But ever since that game, they've just been able to um, be more balanced, get the get the passing game going and the running game. So they figured out a good way to to balance everything and. And it's worked out really well, and and any losses that they've had since that Chicago game, I think um, the Kansas City loss was uh, by three on a last-second field goal, and then the one in Seattle, they they had a chance there at the end to win that too. So they've been they've been playing well, and e- even when they've been losing, they've been playing well too. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk to you about that. They're kind of recent hot streak here. They're ten and four. They're in the sixth seed. We're gonna get to this game versus the Packers on Monday night, and. I was listening to your podcast earlier from this week, and you mentioned how there's never been a six seed that has had 12 wins before, which is really on the table here for this Vikings team. What is the ceiling, do you think, for this team in the playoffs? And I actually read an article Action Network put out, uh, their best value bets, kind of long shot, and they had the Vikings as their choice as the best long shot to win the Super Bowl. So I want to hear from you. Do you think that's a realistic ceiling for this team? And um, what's what are, what are your thoughts? Realistically, um, I wouldn't, you know, if I if I had to put money on it, since this is a betting podcast, um, I wouldn't bet them to win the Super Bowl. But do I think they are capable of making a run and doing that? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, getting 12 wins in the NFL, no matter if you're the sixth seed or not, that's a very hard thing to do. Getting 10 wins is very hard to do, um, too. But you know, you you look at um, some of the, like the, the the advanced analytic ratings or whatever they have. Like I think 538 and um, even Pro Football Reference has their own ratings. Like the Vikings are like a top five team um, when when you use like their metrics and everything. They're they're like the number two team behind the Saints. Uh, I think right now they're out of the Niners and the Seahawks and in, in these rankings. So they're viewed as a as a very good team by a lot of people and. Um, yeah, they definitely have the pieces to put together, you know, like a, a Giants run uh, back in the day with Eli Manning or a Joe Flacco type run with the Ravens when they went in the playoffs and did all that stuff. They're going to have to do it all on the road probably because they're, they're going to be the, the sixth seed in the wild card. But um, they're definitely capable of, of making that type of run. And um, I hope they do. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, Cody and I are big 49er fans, and I'll be honest, if the 49ers end up with the one seed like we're hoping and the Vikings get the six, I would love the opportunity to play the Vikings in round two and have Kirk Cousins on the road in a playoff game. Does that does that give you uh does that make you nervous as a Vikings fan? Um, I mean, as a Vikings fan, you're you're nervous going in into any game anyways. So um but yeah, I think you have to feel that way about Kirk Cousins because he hasn't really given you a reason to think otherwise yet and until he does. I know he's played well in, in some, some primetime games this year. This Monday night game is huge. He's, he's never won a game on Monday night. I like I know people like to throw that, <laughs> yeah, that narrative out there. Yeah, Sports people center, don't talk especially. about that, though. Oh, yeah. Nobody talks about that. Um, so, you know, this this game is huge uh, on Monday night for, for Kirk Cousins. But, yeah, until he proves otherwise, there's, there's no reason to think that, you know, you wouldn't want to play – uh, Kirk Cousins on the road, but in all honesty, the Vikings are overall are a, a, a good team. 
on the road. Their defense plays entirely different on the road than it does at home. That that home field advantage inside U.S. Bank Stadium is is crazy good for for the defense. And then on the road, they just seem to struggle a lot more. So I'd be more worried about the defense against a team like the Niners on the road than than I would Kirk Cousins actually. So you mentioned the primetime stats, and you know what, Adam? That's a perfect segue. Let's let's <laughs> hop into this Monday night football game. Your Minnesota Vikings, we spoke about it a little before we hopped on here. The line opened at minus four and a half, and you know what? The betters love the Vikings. They're up to a five and a half point home favorite against the Green Bay Packers. Over under on this one's 46. And, you know, in prepping for the pod, did a little research, and obviously one of the first headlines you see are these primetime stats. So Kirk Cousins in primetime, 7-14 and 14 straight up, 6-14-1 against the spread. On the other hand, Aaron Rodgers, 29-24 and 24 straight up, but not that great against the spread, actually, 25-26-2 for him. This obviously the second time these teams have met. Week three they met, and... It was the Packers got up early in that game, 21 nothing. Vikings stormed back. They lose 21 to 16, and kind of a weird game. Vikings had four turnovers. Kirk Cousins specifically, I'll never forget his awful interception as someone who was rooting for the Vikings um, in the red zone with about three minutes ago. Adam, I'm sure you'll remember, he's rolling out and should yeah. just throw the ball away, but tosses yeah. it to the back of the end zone. Um, so what's what's your confidence level after this game? And I think it's actually important to remind people this game is kind of hyped up for the division. Unfortunately, it's not really because all the Packers have to do is beat the Lions in Week 17 and they have the division. Um, but again, a big big taking the temperature game here for both teams. Adam minus five and a half. Are you that confident in the Minnesota Vikings at home in the spot? Um. Against the Packers, yeah. One because I don't think the Packers are very good this year, despite their record. They're you know eleven and three, but I haven't come away impressed really from from any game they've had this year. And this isn't even just a Vikings you know guy who writes the, for the like covers the Vikings or in roots for the Vikings. This isn't just because of that. Um, you know they've had their opportunities this year to to go up against tough teams like the 49ers, and they got blown out. Um, they lost the the Chargers on the road, who the Vikings just beat by thirty points. Um, and then the fact that the Packers have never won in U.S. Bank Stadium since it opened um, has to, you know, make me feel pretty good. And, and Mike Zimmer's done—he's done very well um, against Aaron Rodgers, you know, at least in in U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, I'm a little worried about the line getting higher. Um, I don't usually like when the Vikings have a higher line because it just makes me feel a little bit more anxious because everyone else thinks they're going to win. And I, I know that what they're capable of doing and not doing. Um, but yeah, I, I feel, I feel good about the, the Monday night game. Um, they won last year, I believe on in prime time against the Packers. I think that was a, a Sunday night football game. Um, but yeah, I, I feel good. Delvin cook might not play. So, um, that would obviously hurt them, but at the same time, I think they have a bunch of capable backups and Alexander Madison and, and Mike Boone, um, who can who can come in and step up. And Thielen's back, obviously he'll be, you know, have another game under his belt. So I feel pretty good about about the Vikings game. I mean, I'm not looking forward to listening to Booger for three or four <laughs> hours. Hey, 
But, you know, somebody has to do it. <laughs> it's it's actually uh, Booger's birthday tonight of all days. So let's let's oh, try to sure. try to tone down the Booger slander. But yeah, no. <laughs> OK, no, no, uh, no Lamar Jackson hot takes for today. OK, Nah, Booger Booger's terrible. I can't wait to not have to listen to him uh, soon enough. But I, I have to agree with you. Throwing away the Kirk Cousins primetime stats. I, I just think the Vikings honestly are the better team than the Packers. The Packers' last 10 games have played eight under 500 teams, and their two games versus over 500 teams were one game versus the Chiefs where Matt Moore was playing, and then the game that they lost to the 49ers where they got blown out. So Packers' team may be a little overhyped where their record stands. Their defense is a classic bend but don't break. They allow the 23rd most yards in the league, only the ninth, but they do allow the ninth least amount of points. So... They'll give up yards, but they'll hold you down in the red zone. So I think that's the key. Like you guys talked about the first matchup, there were four turnovers. Kirk Cousins throws the awful pick in the game where the Packers jumped out, but it felt like the Vikings played better the majority of the game. So you mentioned Dalvin Cook is banged up. But I think in the NFL we've seen, running back is pretty replaceable. Madison has shown flashes this year. Mike Boone had two touchdowns last week. So I, I'm with the Vikings. I'll take the point, oh, wow. point, oh, five and a half. I think it's a good number, and I just yeah, I think I just think they're a much better team. And one final point you mentioned, their defense is just much better at home than on the road. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I I've been on the Vikings corner all year here. This line makes me a little nervous to be honest. I wish it was closer to two and a half or three, and I'd be all over the Vikings. Five and a half feels like a lot uh, for game. me. Divi- divisional game. I I agree with both you guys. I think the Packers are overrated. I think that record is definitely inflated. They've had a nice light schedule this year. Um. But at the end of the day, the Packers are 5-2 and two straight up and against the spread their last seven road games. This is a divisional matchup, and I think it feels like Packers have kind of been sleepwalking through the past couple weeks of the season. I know they beat the Bears, but they've had some of these close games versus teams barely. that are just better than. Right, barely. And if Allen Robinson gets the ball, who knows what mm-hmm. happens. Um, like They barely beat the Redskins, things like that. With the Vikings, it seems like Mike Zimmer is is being a little coy about Dalvin Cook. I'd be shocked if he played. Um, Adam, be curious to know as our Vikings insider, if you have any insight there as a Dalvin Cook fantasy football owner, but we can uh, take that offline. But I, I like the I like the Packers, actually, plus five and a half. I've literally taken the Vikings all year long. This line is a little bit too inflated for my liking for a team that's likely without their most talented uh, offensive player, in my mind. Um so I'm going to go with the Packers and Rodgers. And I think they got absolutely embarrassed by the Niners a couple weeks ago on Sunday Night Football. I think they're going to come out with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. And they've been a good road team against the spread. So I like them plus five and a half. You like them to win or you like them to... Uh... I like them to cover. I okay. know there's okay. there's a lot of money coming in on the Packers yeah. um, to win the game outright. So we'll see. Do you do you have any thoughts on the running back situation, Adam, and who's going to emerge there? Because Madison missed last week as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they haven't... I don't think they've practiced yet because um, of the Monday night game. So they'd start a week later. So they'll start tomorrow. Um, but I think... We'll probably find out more on Saturday after Saturday's game because the Rams play on Saturday, and if the Rams lose, then the Vikings clinch a playoff spot. Um, 
and then at that point, you know, I asked this, you know, to people on Twitter today: is there is there even a point of of playing Dalvin Cook in the, in the final two games if you already have a a playoff spot and you know your your seating's probably not going to change? There's a chance, but it's probably not going to change from the six seed or the five seed or whatever. So, I think if the Rams win on Saturday. I'd be surprised if, if Dalvin Cook plays in the final two games because, um, you know, if you're a playoff team, you'd rather probably have him as healthy as possible um, in the playoffs for those games that, that matter, and except, you know, instead of having him go against you know, the the Bears in, in Week 17 in a game that probably won't even matter. So Yeah, the Vikings are in a weird spot, like you said. If they win on Monday night, they have the same record as the Packers, but they'll need them to lose again to the Lions, which seems unlikely the way the Lions have been playing and obviously with Stafford out. So it's pretty realistic that, say, the Vikings win Monday night as expected, that this matchup happens again in Lambeau Field yep. as the 3-6 in the playoffs in a few weeks, which I think everyone would sign up for. Divisional game in the playoffs, third matchup of the season. That would be uh, super exciting. So... I'm Ford and one trend pro Vikings, their last 19 games when favored by four more points. They're 16 and three straight up 13 and six against the spread. So it is a spot they've done uh, typically well. And so I'm, I'm throwing out all my Kirk Cousins hate. I'm, I'm looking at the numbers. I'm looking at what I've seen lately on the field and I'm riding with the Vikings. I'm not uh, biased because of our guest this week, Cody. I'm just yeah, I'm calling it as it is. And yeah, I'd like I'd like to say that that first mat uh, first meetup in uh, was it week two between these guys mm-hmm. um, week that was an entirely different Vikings team. Those first four weeks were just um, they were weird. Their offense is nothing nothing like the way it is now. How uh, like how smooth it runs now and efficiently. Um, they were just I don't know what they were doing against the Packers. You said you said it before. They they went down twenty one nothing. And they almost came back and won. Um, so, you know, I think, honestly, if, if I had to make a guess, and I'm not going to put money on it, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings blew out the Packers. On Ooh. Ooh, Adam, we'll hold you to that. All right. You can do that. I'm not, I don't care. It's, it's it. The take is out there. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I think... Five and a half just feels like a lot to me with yeah. this Packers team yep. in in prime time. I can like think about it this way: Are the Packers the last two times are in prime time? Are they going to be blown out both times? I I just I have a hard time picturing it. I think they're a little overrated as well, but I don't know. No Dalvin scares me a bit for this Vikings team, and like you said, they're it would take a lot for them to get out of this six seed. They're pretty Man. much locked, pretty much locked into it. And- don't think that them being the Lions is a guarantee in Week 17 because they only beat the Lions by one point in their earlier matchup this year at home in Lambeau. So don't uh, don't eh. throw don't throw that out the window either. Even though the you, Lions are basically done you, for the you season. You have faith in, in David Blau? No, I don't. Actually, <laughs> we came up with a um, a little cons- not conspiracy, but a scenario on our last episode of Bleeding Purple or whatever, where um, the backup for the Lions is Kyle Sloter, and he's a he's a got a lot of a lot of fans here in Minnesota because he was with uh, the Vikings in the last two preseasons, um, but they cut him uh, before the start of the season. So we're hoping that you know Sloter somehow gets that start and he beats the Packers and helps the Vikings get like the two or the three seed. So and he's and he's a hero forever. Yeah, he would be. 
All right. I guess we'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to tune in to see what happens. This there, is but... this is the type of stuff you have to come up with to you know keep the last two weeks entertaining when you're probably not you know gonna be anything other than the six seed. So <laughs> we, we we like it. We're here for it. We'll probably name the title of this podcast: Adam Patrick guarantees victory, blowout victory. Oh, jeez. Okay. Whatever. Just, I'm just. Kidding. You can hold me to it. I mean, it's not well, it's not it's not like a Stephen A. Smith hot take, but you know. <laughs> We can put that there. I don't care. I'll put we my name on it. We can only strive for that kind of greatness one day. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get there. Um, but, Adam, where can our listeners – I know we mentioned it earlier, but your Twitter handle, uh, your blog, your podcast, where can everyone go to go to find you? Um, on Twitter, you can probably just search Adam Patrick. I'm, I think I'm like one of the first couple names that come up. I got a stupid picture, so you'll probably know who it is. Um, and then – our podcast is Bleeding Purple Podcast. You know, find that everywhere: Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify. It's at Bleeding Podcast on Twitter. Um, and then, yeah, follow the Viking Age, theVikingAge.com. And then on Twitter, it's at the Viking Age. Uh, we're always putting out good content. Uh, you know, one of the one of the top Viking sites in uh, in the world. I can safely say that because I know the numbers of everyone else. So. Um, Go check out all that stuff. And uh, thanks again for having me on, guys. And thanks again to Adam for joining the podcast. Hopefully his prediction that the Vikings blow out the Packers on Monday night doesn't uh, come back to bite him in the butt. That would be a shame <laughs> to see. But let's move on to our locks of the week. I'm 9-6 and six on the year. Cody's 8-7 and seven two weeks ago. So it's coming down to the wire. It's going to be interesting. Shall I get started or do you want to go first, Cody? You know what, Tyler? Coming off my victory last week, near loss, I think it only makes sense for me to get started here. And you know what? I'm going to a game that we've already spoken about, and not a line, but a total. I'm taking the under in this Philly-Dallas game. The over-under is 46 right now, and I like the under. Now, there's a few factors at play here. Um, one is Dak is banged up, as we spoke about. He's got a shoulder thing going on. Not good for a quarterback, historically speaking. Kind of need that. Um, and on the Philly side of the ball, they're so banged up, as we've talked about. Deshaun Jackson, um, Alshon Jeffrey are out. Um, and they've kind of become reliant on this like short dink and dunk pass game screen game with mix of Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Greg Ward, um, who these guys that a lot of people haven't really heard of, plus Miles Sanders and they still have Zach Ertz. But I see both of these teams playing to the run in this game, just given the amount of injuries on both sides of the ball and where the strengths lie at this point in the season. Um, so I'm, I'm leaning the under and the Eagles have hit the under their last five home games in Philly uh, average score of 33 in the, those games. Obviously total here is 46. There, there are a couple things that scare me. Dallas is a high powered offense, but with Dak being banged up with them on the road in Philly in a, kind of a crazy environment, I think I think Philly's defense is going to come out fired up. I think they're going to hold the Cowboys down a little bit. And I think this game's going to be kind of a classic NFC East punch each other in the mouth game where someone leaves up 20 to 17. I think it's going to be the Cowboys. But 46 just seems a little high here in a game that's outdoors in December. Weather for now looks decent. It's going to be low 40s. Doesn't seem like precipitations. 
on the radar, but I don't trust this Eagles team to score a whole lot. And I think with Dak being banged up, I think that's going to limit Dallas offensively. They're just going to try and control the clock and just pound Zeke. And I expect them to give the ball to Zeke 30, 35 times in this game. So I like the under and I hope to be uh, nine and seven. First matchup between these teams was 37 to 10, 47. So that would have went over. So right on the number there. Um, I don't hate it. I agree with you. I think both of these teams, I don't think, I mean, Dallas is a little more explosive. They put up better numbers this year, but I think in a game where Dak's hurt, they might try to run the ball more with Zeke. And I don't think, you know, the Eagles defense hasn't played great, as I mentioned, versus those lower tier quarterbacks. But in a game like this, I expect them to step up with everything on the line. So I agree with you. Philadelphia's offense is not explosive at all. Miles Sanders capable of breaking screenplay, but versus Dallas defense, that looked great last week versus the Rams. Gurley only had 20 rushing yards. So I, I like the pick. I, I see it being as you said, like a 20 to 17 game, even 24, 21 gets you right under the number. That's and I fine. feel like that would, that would feel like a high scoring game. So I, I, I like the pick. Um, so I might jump on that as well. Oh, thank you, Tyler. Um, is that going to be your lock of the week as well? No, but when you opened with saying it's a total in a game we talked about, I thought you were going to a game. I thought you were going to take my lock of the week, which is another total in a game we talked about. I'm taking the under in the Patriots-Bills game. So you said it was oh. 37. When I was doing research for the podcast, I saw it at 38. Where, where are we landing on that? Oh, that's in- that's interesting. We've had our historical issues here with lines. Um, I'm on I'm on action right now, um, and I've bet it already at 38. Well, that's fine, but the line, the line that we're going with at time of pod, and for people a little behind the scenes. Um, scoop here we don't always bet the lines we get uh just given from the website to our personal books the line's 37 on action at time of recording which is what we what we use all right that really hurts where i was going but okay i'm still taking the under um bills are the i I don't know how you'd say this the best team in the nfl at hitting the under this year they're 11 and 3 patriots are second nine and five hitting the under Bills on the road, the under six and one. These teams are defensive. They're not very explosive offensive teams. They give up the least amount of points in the league. Bill, the Patriots at 12.9, Bills at 15.9. Patriots give up the least amount of yards. Bills third least. The first matchup, as I said, was 16 to 10. Total is 26. So, I think this is going to be a super low scoring game. Um, again, as I mentioned earlier, Patriots offense did nothing last week versus. The Bengals, they only Brady only threw for 128 yards. Their receivers only had six receptions for 37 yards for Cincinnati. And the Bills secondary is very good. Tredavious White has six interceptions on the air. He's I think he's their only pro bowler. So I think their defense is going to play great in this game. And it's going to be similar to the first matchup. Very low scoring. And again, another point I mentioned earlier. One of those touchdowns in the game, the first matchup was a blocked punt. I don't foresee that happening again. Um, I think the Bills won't make those type of mistakes that really shoot them in the foot and get them behind. So I love the under in this game. <clears throat> it's going to be super low scoring. Kind of whoever you know 
field position will matter. Who doesn't make the big mistake will matter. It'll be similar to the Steelers-Bills uh, game from last week. I mean, the final score, I was going to say 20 to 17, that would be a push now. So if the final score is 20 to 16, I feel like that would be pretty high scoring for what we expect. So I love that. And one last tidbit, this is a Saturday game, as we mentioned. In the last mm, eight Saturday game, mm-hmm. in the last eight Saturday games that have been played since 2017, the under is six and two. So take it as you will. I love the under in this game. Nice trend would be a would be a really nice way to start the weekend um, with with a hit on that one. So I agree. I don't think either of those teams are getting to the 20 number in that matchup. I'd be very surprised. So we'll see. I'm. Uh, it's kind of a crazy world where our only disagreement on this podcast was me taking the Packers and you taking the Vikings. Crazy world we're living in, huh? But another <laughs> thing, the Patriots the Patriots spied on Cincinnati last week, and their offense still didn't play very well. There's been no allegations, nothing's came up this week that they've spied on the Bills recently. So with, even without that advantage... They're just going to be at more. They're going to be at more disadvantage, I should say, uh, going into this game without spying on them, pulling any you know cheat codes, uh, walking that gray line. So, I, I think the Pats are going to continue to struggle offensively, and this is a big. I mean, you know, they lose this game, they could still win the division week 17. But if they do lose this game, um, that hurts them in getting a bye because the Chiefs would have that tiebreaker over them, assuming they win. Mm-hmm. So pressure's on there, and pressure's on with the uh, lock of the week, Tyler. You can you can lock up the regular season title this week if everything goes your way. I could. So, you know, you get into those clinching scenarios, gets very exciting. But try not to get ahead of myself, and we'll be together watching uh, this Patriots Bills game. So I, I look forward to that. I look forward to it as well, Tyler. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks again to Adam for coming on, and we will be back Sunday evening for the Sunday Scariest Podcast.